Hi, everybody. Welcome to Eco Chic, a podcast all about practical science and sustainability. My name is Laura, and I'm a graduate student studying climate science. This podcast is a really awesome space to share a lot of things I take for granted, like general climate change education or personal sustainability efforts, things that are not necessarily common knowledge, but totally should be. We're going to be talking about climate change from a bunch of different angles, but also just personal tips on how to be a more responsible citizen of the planet. Last week here on Eco Chic, we talked about the environmental issues surrounding fast fashion. This is a huge, huge topic when it comes to sustainability, waste, human rights. I would really, really love to keep talking about fashion in the future. We specifically got into denim and leather last week, so if you're interested, go back and give that episode a listen. I think it was probably the most exciting one for me thus far because it's so applicable to our everyday lives. If there is a particular topic in the realm of climate science or sustainability you'd like to hear more about on EcoChic, please go ahead and let me know. This podcast is a place to bring you little bits of information that will actually be useful in your own eco-friendly journey. Today, we're switching gears a little bit and talking about how climate change is impacting some non-human populations. Every single species on the planet is being affected by climate change. There is not a single plant or animal that is not being impacted by rising sea levels, less predictable weather patterns, changing temperatures. Specifically, on this episode, we're going to be starting to talk about birds and pollinators. If you do not know me personally, I'm super passionate about animal communities and plants. My undergraduate degrees are in animal biology and ecology, so I'm actually pretty invested in this topic of community dynamics. For the purposes of this episode, I want us to primarily focus on forests. My expertise is in North American forests, so that's where a lot of this knowledge is coming from. However, a lot of forests around the world do function similarly. Let's start by establishing how climate change is impacting forests. We know that climate change is primarily seen as temperature changes, sea level rise, and changes in precipitation, so that's rain. If you want some more information on the hard science of why climate change is happening, that was episode one of the podcast. It is a really awesome, super digestible resource if you're interested. Anyway, these three really big changes in environmental conditions are going to be impacting things like the composition of the forest. That means the forest is going to be made up of different kinds of trees than it has been historically. We're also seeing habitat loss as a result of climate change. So yes, humans are definitely contributing to the loss of habitat from clear-cutting forests for agriculture, development, but climate change is also pushing the boundaries of where some of these plants can survive. That's habitat loss too. Forests are also definitely being impacted when it comes to water resources. So streams and rivers are not necessarily flowing at the same rates or in the same places as they have in the past. And some forests rely really, really heavily on rainfall that they're just not seeing anymore. So that is the forest itself. Let's start discussing who lives in these forests with birds. Bird populations are definitely being impacted by these shifts in forest compositions. This is their food resources, which are adapting to the changes in precipitation and seasonality at different rates than the birds themselves. So the two essential food resources for non-predatorial birds, that means just like your everyday songbirds, little birds, are insects and fruit. Today, we're not going to be worrying about bigger birds that eat other birds. So just for the purposes of this podcast today, let's talk about your everyday songbird. A very clear consequence of warmer temperatures is a shorter winter season. Spring is beginning at increasingly earlier dates than usual. So the early onset of spring has a direct effect on the life cycles of insects. 
and insects, again, are a key food resource for a lot of bird species. Arthropods, which are basically just bugs and spiders, have relatively short generational cycles. So this means that they just reproduce really quickly and die off really quickly. They typically only live for a few months after reproducing. So this short turnover time of generations allows for a more rapid adaptation to changes in seasonality, precipitation, etc. The ideal hatching time for insects is ultimately becoming earlier in the season, so progressively earlier as spring becomes earlier. So an example here is the ladybug. We call them lady beetles now. Um, they reach sexual maturity between 22 and 25 days after they emerge, and then they breed for several weeks during the summertime and die off. Because lady beetles are a key food resource for a lot of bird populations in North America, their hatching times play a super important role in the success of a lot of bird populations. So if the lady beetle breeding period is moving earlier in the year, bird hatching periods are very, very likely misaligned with insects abundance right now. So you have these baby birds that are being born and then there isn't enough new ladybugs or other insects for them to eat just because ladybugs have already started their new life cycles. Besides just early emergence of insects, so this weird mismatch right now between baby birds and baby insects coming out at different times, birds are also having an increasingly hard time physically obtaining food. Climate change, like we said, is changing precipitation. It's prompting more frequent and more severe droughts. Forests, for the most part, are getting drier. Insects are moving lower into these layers of soil and litter in order to maintain their ideal living conditions. So now it's actually physically harder for birds to get to insects underground. Now I want to get into bees. I love bees just from an environmentalist perspective, but also just because I find them super cute, they're a good vibe on all of my home decor. There is about 4,000 native bee species in North America alone. So right now we're talking about a massive group of insects here. I feel like everyone has at least briefly heard about the current issues surrounding bees. They're disappearing at a really alarming rate. Colony collapse disorder is a situation where the majority of worker bees in a colony disappear and they just leave behind a queen and plenty of food and some juvenile immature bees. I would like to be super clear in acknowledging that there is currently no definite cause of colony collapse disorder. A lot of scientists say this could be happening around the world from different infections, malnutrition, poor beekeeping practices. I am not saying that climate change has caused colony collapse disorder. I just want to discuss the loss of bees that is definitely due to loss of habitat and changing food resources. Bees, if you are not aware, are super, super crucial to the upkeep of our environment. Bees are largely viewed as the most important group of pollinators when it comes to farming and just wild ecosystems. A big issue with bees finding food resources is similar to the issues that we just discussed with birds. The timing right now is off. As snow is melting earlier in the season, flowers are emerging earlier in the spring than they usually do. They're blooming earlier. Bees are not adapting at the same rate, so there is not necessarily enough blooming flowers to sustain the bee population compared to when they finally emerge in the spring. Bumblebees have annual life cycles, so in theory their population should be responding relatively quickly when it comes to climate change, at least quicker than birds. A lot of bee species live at higher altitudes, and that's where climate change is most dramatic. We can get into the varying levels of climate change impacts on another episode if you're interested, but basically in short, 
bees are having a harder time finding food wherever it is that they're living. Another issue is that the bees' ranges are shifting, so this just means where bees are found. As temperatures are rising, bees are generally moving north. So this has been found in both the North American and European bumblebee communities. I'll go ahead and link the article in the references for the research that's supporting these findings. It seems that the northern boundaries of the ranges are staying the same though. So that means the southernmost ranges are moving up and then the north are staying the same. So habitats are being contracted. There is less physical space to sustain the same amount of bees. There's more competition for pollination. But coupled with this competition is just a decrease in the amount of flowers to pollinate. So it's like a big double whammy and it totally sucks because we rely on bees for about 70% of our food. Nuts, fruits, honey, we totally need bees. I think it's super interesting to acknowledge these issues with community dynamics when it comes to climate change, just because yeah, it's not directly impacting human communities, but ultimately everything's connected. And if we don't have bees, we don't have a lot of food that we rely on. If we don't have birds, we lose a lot of migration and other environmental benefits. So yeah, it's great that we are personally reducing our carbon footprints, but let's think about who else is being impacted here. It's not all about us. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I, again, am really interested in ecosystem dynamics. The last few years, I've spent a lot of time interested and invested in learning about birds and bees and other plant-animal communities. I will, of course, have references and other information linked in the show notes and also on my website, lauraediaz.com. So that's a place where I write a little bit more in depth about more specific topics. So in the past, I've written about my tips for transitioning to lower waste, more eco-friendly lifestyles. Yesterday, I published a denser post that I'm really, really proud of talking about the sales of national monuments in Utah. If you're interested in public lands or just want to learn more about environmental policy and regulation, go ahead and read it. This last semester, I actually spent a lot of time diving really deep, talking to different experts just to wrap my mind around the whole political mess. So yeah, so that's out there if you want to read it. If you enjoyed this episode on birds and bees, please let me know. I love hearing feedback. If there is a topic you would like to hear more about on Eco Chic, go ahead and let me know. I'm always really happy to chat about science or sustainability or whatever if you're interested. So feel free to slide into my DMs. My Instagram is at Laura E. Diaz. That's the easiest way to get in contact with me. But you can also shoot me an email at Laura at LauraEDiaz.com via the contact page on my website. I also have a Facebook page now. Everything will be linked in the show notes. There are so, so many ways for us to chat. As always, thank you so, so much for listening and sharing and telling your friends. I hope you have a totally awesome day. Bye.